Hey, you okay? Oh, damn enchiladas. Oh. You gonna be all right? You don't know the power of the dark side. Welcome back to another special episode of It's Them Damn Enchiladas, the podcast, where we mostly talk about horror movies with a splash of video games, television, comic books, and beer. I am Carlos Rivera. As always, my partner, Adam Griffin. And joining us today from a galaxy far, far away is the one and only Dr. Mr. Coach Ange Wilzak. Follow us on the Red Hot Twitter machine, handles and show notes in the show at It's Them Damn, and on Instagram at It's Them Damn Enchiladas podcast. How the hell are we doing today? Not it. I'm not speaking first. <laughs> we're doing, we're doing the best with what we've got. You know, it feels like the beginning of some like old sitcom. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. There's like an Alan Thick uh, vibe to that. The the uh, the pre-show uh, cold open where we try to figure out exactly what the tone of this episode is going to be, but we already know it's about Star Wars, uh, specifically Force Awakens. The Last Jedi and Rise of Skywalker. Um, try to talk about these movies in a good way because we all know that everything has been said about the bad. So let's start with our guest. Andy, how you doing? I'm doing good. How are you guys doing? Thank you, know. <laughs> you know, just hang up there. I beat, I, you know, I didn't personally have COVID, but I feel like I beat it. Um, so that's going well and now I'm just concentrating on the the, the murder hornets and the snow that's coming this weekend so that's that but other than that doing fantastic I muted murder hornets already on Twitter I can't take any more of it and the snow I'm not looking forward to that either to be honest with you like I I cut my grass for the first time I, I feel like it shouldn't be allowed to snow anymore so what's up with that Come on, Earth. Did you did you put a sign on your lawn saying that you were going to mow it? No. I didn't know that was a thing. Yeah, that's well, a thing. In twenty twenty that's a thing. <laughs> huh. That's you learn something new every day. I guess I've got yeah, a it's, it's really new. I've got a do you guys sell those signs? Is this like part of the hustle? I mean it can be. <laughs> it certainly can be. I'll have that made up. <laughs> what fonts should we put it in? <laughs> Comic Sans, what else? <laughs> what else would it be in? This is true. This is true. So we made it through another. May the fourth be with us. And now we get to talk about Star Wars. So let's start with uh start with the overall. For this sequel trilogy, how'd you guys feel about it? Uh so I think I'm going to say something maybe controversial. Uh, yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think that I think like of all everything that could have possibly happened uh, with this franchise after George Lucas decided that he 
was done. I think the sequel trilogy is probably the best possible realistic outcome. Like I think these are the these are the best looking movies. Um, I think John Williams crushed it with the soundtrack. I think the core cast is maybe better than the original cast. Um, and yeah, I think it's. I don't want to say it's it's better than it might be better than the original. Like this may be the best the best trilogy that they've done. And I know that uh, the internet disagrees with that, um, but the internet is dumb. <laughs> um, it, it looks great. Um, there are some you know logical uh, holes in some of the story, but that's Star Wars, man. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's every movie and, and the other two trilogies for sure. So um, I don't think you can fault it for that. I mean, there's some stuff, uh, rewatching Rise of Skywalker, there's some stuff in there that's kind of goofy, but again, it's Star Wars. Yeah. <laughs> so there's nothing that we saw in the new trilogy that that people are criticizing as being bad that didn't happen before. Right. So yeah. I think the internet just needs to hate stuff for some reason. Yeah. Um, yeah, like I said, they... This cast is phenomenal. Um, whoever, whoever the casting director was for this, for the main part of it, um, I, I think. I mean, I mean, the series would be completely different. I think, without without those three, um, yeah. uh, Daisy Ridley and John Boyega, especially, um, crushed it for the the entire um, the entire trilogy. Uh, I think that where it does like really stand out from the other two is that like this trilogy is as much Finn's story as it is Ray's story. And I don't think that you can really say that with any of the, with either the prequels or the original trilogy. I mean, the prequels were so easy, I think to make because everybody knew where it was going to end, right? The prequels are just Anakin's story moving forward. And the original trilogy is, is really Luke and maybe a little bit of Han in terms of like, what the main character arcs and story arcs are. Um, but for the sequel trilogy, it really is, it's like 60% Ray, 30% Finn. Yeah. Maybe. Right. Um, yeah. You know, and again, like rewatching Rise of Skywalker the other night, like by the end, it's not clear. Is it like entirely, it's not entirely Ray's movie. And you couldn't say that with the other ones. So right. um, I, I love them. I think, I think they're fantastic. Carlos? And, and uh, I agree with what you said. The the original trilogy has the story of you know of Luke, and we can argue Han Solo. Um, and then the prequel is it's all Anakin's story. Mm-hmm. But now this 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 final one, you really don't know where they're going to go with it. And the fact that they didn't hold a singular focus on one person um, actually made the the trilogy an exciting one for me i was loving going to the theater to go watch all three of these it did also help that you know they threw in i will add i will add rogue one into this mix um <laughs> only because it came out in the same time period and i can do that because it's my show so ha <laughs> well you should put solo in there too i mean every yeah. all of the disney movies I like could. i said i mean i, I ideally like the best thing for lucas to have done would have been to be like, hey, I used to be this rogue kind of renegade filmmaker. I'm going to give this, you know, multi-billion dollar property to a new generation of, you know, thinking outside the box filmmakers and let them go wild with it. 
why he didn't, I, I don't know. But selling it to Disney, knowing it's going to be played safe, that's fine. I mean, it's always been a safe story. Yeah. And and like people also forget that he took the four billion or whatever that he made off the sale and donated all of it. So yeah, I mean, Solo is a fantastic movie too. Um, it's a it's a great like standalone heist movie. Uh, with its own like goofy logic things in it, right? Like I think that some of the Disney people only know about Star Wars from hearing other people talk about Star Wars. <laughs> I, <laughs> yep. You know, but again, like there's weird stuff like that in in all of them that doesn't make sense. And it's almost like I think about the Star Wars stuff the same way as I think about like comic book stories. Like you can't take everything that's been put out about Batman and create like a singular Batman canon. It's it's impossible, <laughs> right? And so you kind of have to do the same thing with this. And like, yes, there's inconsistencies between the books and the movies, and and from movie to movie, and that's fine. It's Star yeah. Wars. And even the thing about all the the inconsistencies is that there's two different lines going. I think what people forget is that everything is still in play with Star Wars, and one because it's its own mythology. And what happens in mythology, stories are told and retold time and time again with yep. different details. Mm-hmm. So even the old stuff that's been kind of put into the, the Star Wars Legends category, that's mm-hmm. all still in play. Because you can pull from that and then say that it's actually been part of the story you're telling now the whole time. Yes. And as a fan, you have that right to do that anyway. Yeah. Right? Like, I haven't seen any of the Ben Affleck Batman stuff. Uh, I don't have to be like, well, this is part of the, the official Batman story. Yeah. Like, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. You, as an individual, have the freedom to choose like which parts of the mythology that you wanna, that you wanna ride with. You yeah. know, like you're not. I, I don't know. There's no. I just don't understand the end game of people being really mad about like what is and is not officially in the canon. Yeah. Uh, I just I just don't get it. Like if you hated these movies, then you are free to just pretend like they never happened, right? Yeah, <laughs> and, and live your life happily, thinking like the last one came out and whatever Revenge of the Sith came out. But but <laughs> that's too that's too easy. That's it's too, too easy. It's too mature. <laughs> yeah, it's too, it's too mature and thoughtful for <laughs> yeah. the internet in 2020. <laughs> yeah, we gotta we gotta rage against Kathleen Kennedy at every possible turn. <laughs> and I think you know I think what people miss in this is that you know Disney was gonna have to make this move with like closing off this loop anyway, mm-hmm. regardless of when the movies are gonna come out. If anything, like the major fault against these three movies and even Solo and Rogue One is that they came out in a time period that didn't benefit the kind of story they were telling. Yeah. Yeah. I think if, if the force awakens had come out now, if they had delayed it to five years, I think it would have been an even bigger success. Right. Because I mean, the entire story of this trilogy is that everything that was killed off, um, all of the evil that was defeated at the end of return of the Jedi came back. Right. Yeah. And what are we dealing with right now? <laughs> <laughs> right. Yep. And we were dealing with it five years ago, for sure. Yeah, but, but not to this uh, magnitude. So yeah. not to this magnitude at all. So unless yeah. you're living under a rock, right? Like you, you can't miss the symbolism of the Force Awakens. And I think that's why people are mad about it too, right? Like, I remember when the movie came out, people saying like, "Well, 
it makes me so sad because the story ended so on such a happy note and then it basically negated return of the jedi because all the bad guys came back well, like come on guys like what world <laughs> are you living in where like the bad guys don't come back yeah. <laughs> of course they come back yeah they always come back that's and so for that reason like that's part of the reason why i love everything about this not just this trilogy but this entire series is that message right like it's it's pulp sci-fi but it it hits these core themes of like there there really is always this balance between good and evil and people have different perspectives on what's good and what's evil and the themes of love not just like romantic love but i mean that hug at the end of rise of skywalker between ray and finn and poe is amazing yep <laughs> it's so yeah. good um and it's so much more authentic than the one at the end of return of the jedi yeah. um, like they you could tell that cast is so like they were so close with each other right and we need to hear and see stories like that today so yeah if it was made if this is if this if 2020 was when the force awakens came out it would have been i think people probably would have heralded it as like oh my gosh disney was just so prescient with (laughs) with this this story and they they knew it was coming and and the people who were going to hate it were still going to hate it yeah but whatever (laughs) (laughs) so let's uh let's start with uh force awakens since we'll just run through the movies here um, because I, I just rewatched it on Tuesday, I guess. And let's start with uh, Finn. Well, the title itself, you know, Force Awakens. Looking back, we can say that okay, sixty percent of this uh, trilogy is Ray's story, mm-hmm. and there's a whole Star Wars adage of you know, from a certain point of view. Mm-hmm. So let's take a look at it from uh, Finn's point of view. Uh, and just starting with the title, Force Awakens. So if this story goes another way, and since we now know that he is force sensitive, mm-hmm. um, when he has his 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 own awakening at the beginning of the movie, do you think that's where he you know actually starts his path to being you know uh, a user of the force? But we just saw a different turn. That's a good question. Like, at what point does he does he realize it? Is it is it when that massacre happens at the very beginning of the movie, or is it when there's that attack on Tacodana? If I'm saying it correctly, Maz Maz Kanata's castle. Yeah, yeah. Is it there with with the traitor moment? Yeah, I, because... I, I, I don't know, but I think that's a really cool idea. Like to tell to retell the whole thing from Finn's perspective and and see him go from. I mean, he spends what half of the Force Awakens as just like a coward, yeah, right, running and running and running, um, which again is not something we've ever seen in Star Wars before. Yeah. I'm gonna make an odd comment, so don't 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 be worried. All right, <laughs> going back to another depends on the odd comment. <laughs> going back to another Disney classic, The Lion King. <laughs> Jesus. And The Lion King one and a half, which is by far the better movie. If you guys haven't seen it. I have not seen Lion King one and a half. The Lion King one and a half. If it's on Disney Plus, I'll see it soon. Is the story of the Lion King told from the perspective of Timon and Pumbaa? (laughs) (laughs) That's why I brought it up. Yeah. So the movie, the movie starts with where Timon and Pumbaa were before they met Simba, right? Uh huh. So I see that how you're saying. 
is they can actually make another movie out of this is Finn's story before that faithful moment during the massacre. Yeah. So I did. I had no idea that Lion King one and a half existed, but we were watching it the other day, and I had this thought that Timon and Pumbaa are are basically Rosencrantz and Guildenstern, <laughs> <laughs> uh, who have their own Hamlet. Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead. Yeah. And so I now I have to watch that alongside Lion King one and a half just to see what the parallel is there. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I think that's something that people are going to come back to, right? Like these these big billion dollar properties that people are going to go see, no matter what kind of uh, campaign there is online to bury it on Rotten Tomatoes. You know, uh, I mean, Twilight's doing that. <laughs> oh, God. You know, and that movie's going to make a bajillion dollars. And I'm sure there'll be like a whole series of spinoffs of that. Yeah, I don't know. Like, when was when did Finn realize it? Because like the whole thing, because let's just run. We're gonna run a track real quick through yeah. three movies. Okay, so uh, uh, Force Awakens defects, uh, helps Poe, runs an array, starts lying, meets Han Solo, gets called a big deal, and now he has to live up to you know all this stuff. Yeah. Uh, but in Last Jedi, he he tries, and the whole theme of Last Jedi is kind of brilliant because it's everybody trying to do the same old shit. Yep and learning that it can't fly anymore yep so last jedi ends and everything the the, to, the two stories they're being told through force awakens in that movie are all closed off mm-hmm. so the entirety of rise of skywalker just happens to be an epilogue mostly uh ray's epilogue mm-hmm. and we don't get finn's out of it because finn's finally coming up to the fact that he's trying to tell ray that he's force sensitive Mm-hmm. But he never gets the opportunity to do it. Yeah. So, you know, eventually we have to see his point of where yeah. he finally picks up that lightsaber for good. Because mm-hmm. I finally noticed that in Rise of Skywalker, he's actually got the lightsaber again for a brief moment when they're in the tunnels below after the uh, the quicksand. Yeah, he stuff. holds it. Yeah, Ray Ray gives it to him. So I don't know. I mean, with with the prequel trilogy, the stuff with Anakin, like they, you knew Anakin was force sensitive because he was a really good pod racer. Yeah. And Luke is a really good pilot too, but they don't really mention that. So like, I'm trying to remember, I mean, Luke, Luke becomes aware of it when he, when they're on the Falcon and he's doing the, the thing with the helmet, with the blast shield. And then again, you know, the, the climax of the movie, when he blows up the death star, but Luke never really has like that aha moment. Right. And so if he does have one, it must happen between the movies. And I'm sure it probably was covered to death in the, in the legends books or whatever. Yeah. Like that, that's, I don't know. Like, so I bring that up because Finn, when we meet Finn, he doesn't have that like natural talent. Right. Right. The Skywalkers are, are racing and they're, they're adventurous and kind of dumb. And Finn is, <laughs> I mean, they're, they're dumb. Yeah, yeah. The Skywalker, Luke Skywalker is a dumb hillbilly who shows up and is like, hey, y'all, I used to shoot varmints down in a, 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 dumb, a dumb hillbilly with generational trauma that he doesn't even know about. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. There's, a, there's a great story in um, 
the short story collection that they put out for the 40th anniversary where Force, Force Ghost uh, Obi-Wan shows up on Dagobah and he's like, Yoda, we got it. We got a Skywalker. They're going to be here soon. And Yoda's like, shit, yeah, man. I'm so glad to finally start working with Leia. And, and Ben's like, no, 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 it's Luke. And Yoda's like, are you kidding me? <laughs> that kid is so dumb. <laughs> We're screwed. <laughs> and sure enough. <laughs> In my mind, like, I can see Yoda, like, pacing around. Like, I can't wait. This is going to be great. <laughs> Leia is the best. <laughs> and here comes emo AC Luke Skywalker. In the same day. <laughs> Yeah, like, I mean, the Skywalker boys, like, they run to problems and Finn runs away. Yeah. So, and the, I guess, I don't know, it's a good... But then he, I don't know, his moment at the end, or near the end of Force Awakens, when he um, picks up the lightsaber and squares off with Kylo. Like, that's great. Right? Yeah. Like, the movie is pushing him, or circumstances in the story are pushing him to have to be not heroic... But to have to like stop running, yeah. And I think the, probably the fight with Kylo, he's being heroic, right? He sees Ray go down. He could have, you know, the Finn at the beginning of that movie would have turned tail and run through the woods. Yeah. Yep. Um, but he he fought back. So I don't know. Like I think there are a lot of places in that movie that you could say are Finn's moment, but none of them really. It's never clear. And I think that's cool that they don't do it as like. Because they could have easily done it like a ham-fisted thing. Oh, yeah. Right. <laughs> so, I don't know. He's he's a great character, though. Uh, Carlos? Um, so eloquently said by Andrew. I, I, it's like, how do you how do you go after that? It's like... <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. No. It's, <laughs> it's Bob. Speaking of dumb hayseeds. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of those hillbillies, <laughs> um, no, like, go. I don't have the extensive, uh, you know, reading background as you guys have into the Star Wars lore and all that. So for me, when Force Awakens was kept before it even came out, um, to me, I always thought the story was more about Finn than it was about Rey, even when the movie did come out. Mm-hmm. Uh, for me, Force Awakens was all about was all about Finn. I, um, his 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 character arc from being that you know scared scared you know I don't want to say scared little boy but when he sees the the massacre happen you know and he has that moment where he's like yeah this shit's not good um, and then there's like a re- there's a good real life comparison there to like I mean in my job I have lots of kids who sign up to be in the military without even really realizing what they're getting into. And yeah. I think Finn is experiencing that. Like I could totally see Finn like this is his first mission. And I think I think Phasma says that at some point. This is his first his first mission and he sees the violence and death and he's like this is not what I signed up for. I just wanted some college credits. <laughs> and, <laughs> he's like and, my, my guidance counselor told me that this would be great. <laughs> On my resume. Yeah, you see the game, travel the galaxy. They said <laughs> <laughs> you'll never see any combat. Yeah. Well, you'll probably be stationed somewhere. <laughs> yeah. On Tatooine, you'll be fine. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Lo and behold, poor guy. <laughs> poor guy sees a massacre. At least he realizes that it's 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 wrong. 
<laughs> yeah. You know, uh, he has that he has that wherewithal, and he does he does run, but throughout all the chances that he's had to run away, he never did run away. Mm-hmm. So that was always a that was always a great uh, aspect of Finn. Uh, how strong a character he ended up being, uh, character-wise, like a mm-hmm. strong, sturdy character. I loved yep. it. Yep. There's a good destiny thing there with him too, right? The the running joke in the Force Awakens where um, everybody's trying to get back to Jack Who, yeah. And Finn, <laughs> Finn always seems to be the straight man in that in that <laughs> bit. <laughs> and it's almost it's very similar. It reminds me of the the bit in the in the Adam West Batman movie where he's trying to get rid of the bomb. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of it's kind of similar to that like finn just wants to get as far away from there as possible and every ship he gets on everybody who might take him away is like nope we gotta go get back jack who it's like god damn it <laughs> i can't get rid of this bomb <laughs> uh, well since you brought her up her being phasma mm-hmm. let's talk about the first order AKA the biggest group of horrible middle management space fascists. <laughs> wow. Okay. That's middle, ma- middle management space fascists. Yes. Okay. All right. Wow. <laughs> it's true. They're all middle management. Yeah. It's I accurate. Mean, it yeah. is. It's like, it's, it's like we're in a big target. I get it, man. Don't worry. <laughs> so, uh, the movie presents Phasma as one thing, meaning, you know, just a a, a stormtrooper captain in a fancy costume. And the hype did something else. The, the hype made her uh, the trilogy's new Boba Fett. Mm-hmm. In a sense that, you know, ineffectual, looks cool, mm-hmm. but only really sticks around for about two movies. <laughs> Um, what did you guys think of the First Order coming out of Force Awakens? Do you think that, well, first of all, their function is not to be idolized or looked up to or anything like that. So they're not meant to be cool. Mm-hmm. You know. But as far as their portrayal, uh, what did you guys think? I'll let Carlos take this one first. I'll let me take this first. Yeah. Right. I don't want um, to stop over everybody. No, you're the guest. This is this is this is how work things work. <laughs> we got you on here for this. We got you on here to talk about. This. All right, all right, okay, fine. You are sub- <laughs> you are our subject matter expert. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> um, the name of it is my least favorite thing in the trilogy. Yeah. I and again, this goes back to what I said, where some sometimes the Disney stuff feels like it was made by people who only heard about star Wars and didn't actually think through it. I think the, the pivot in the last one towards the final order is, and I, I mentioned this to, to Griff the other night that JJ Abrams has the subtlety of a 20 car pile up. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, I don't really, I didn't really particularly like that pivot either. Uh, I wondered if he was like, this name actually isn't as cool as I thought it was going to be. <laughs> he may as well call it like NWO Hollywood <laughs> or something like that. <laughs> and it, it, it's not. And, and, but it, the concept of it is really cool because it, it deals with stuff that 
like realistically would have happened right i mean the end of return of the jedi it's it's it doesn't make sense for it to just be like and then they all lived happily ever after right? right the empire is this this multifaceted enormous bureaucracy and just because you killed off two employees <laughs> does not mean that uh the giant evil empire is going to suddenly fall apart um not overnight so conceptually i think it was a really cool idea to show you know to hear these empire holdouts even 30 years later who are still hanging on um but the name <laughs> just yeah. the name of it just never never clicked for me because, like, I mean, thinking through, like, if they won, right, so now do you call it the First Order? Is, like, that the name of the government? Like, it doesn't make sense. Right, yeah. yeah. Maybe the Order? I don't know. But that's, it's like, I guess that's a little bit nitpicky. Um, as far as Phasma goes, um, I thought that she, I thought she was pretty cool. Um, the look was great. I think, I'm, I'm spacing on the name of who played her. Gwendolyn Christie. Gwendolyn Christie, yeah. Um, I think she did a really good job with what she had. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think they gave her much to work with. Right. I think the the best the best part of her is isn't even in this movie. We'll talk about it in the Last Jedi. The Boba Fett comparison, I just don't get. Like, I understand why they wanted to do that. Um, <clears throat> because you know, I was thinking about this the other day. Do you remember there's a there's a a bit in some documentary or some like making of in the prequel trilogy where George Lucas is talking about how everything rhymes and yep. like Star Wars is like poetry, right? Um, if you saw the Plinkett reviews, they used, they hammer him for, for that in there. Um, and so when that came out, people were like, what, what the hell is he talking about? <laughs> like, this is, this is so dumb. And somehow over time, like that bit of, of Lucas's philosophy about Star Wars has been turned into like, the holy bible <laughs> right like a complete 180 in in thinking about that so from a corporate perspective i can see them being like okay well the fans all want this to rhyme they are totally happy having the same story uh given to them over and over just kind of change a few variables around and um here's your cool uh masked bad guy um go buy all the toys <laughs> i don't I don't know if like she was as effective in the story. Yeah. Um. Certainly, like the the stuff between her and and Finn, I don't think it clicked as well as between uh, Han and Boba Fett. Right. Um. I don't know if that's what they were trying to go for. I mean, with the change in directors and stuff too, like it's hard to say. But and it's interesting too because like if you read the the Phasma book. Like what they originally intended for her, yeah. How she comes across is night and day, and they almost do her. They 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 gave her this great backstory that they do nothing with, right. which I guess is is like classic Star Wars <laughs> to do. We'll come up with this really amazing backstory for somebody and then never reference it on screen. Mm. Uh, so, yeah, like. A little bit of a missed opportunity. I was surprised she didn't show up in the third one, but I don't know. That's all I got for for Phasma. I was I was so ready for her to be this big part of the whole whole movie series. Like they were they were shilling the shit uh -huh. out of Phasma. Yep. Um, you know, 
through all the the media, the toys, he's had all the Captain Phasma. I'm like, oh shit, you know this. Yep. When when she first popped up on screen, I was like, oh here we go. And then I was like, where 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 is she again? Like what's go, yeah. what's going on here? This is this is not what I expected. And and knowing that that there was a book and that she did have a, a nice little background mm-hmm. to her, um, yep. I, I I I didn't like what they what they did with her. I was really actually highly upset. Um, going into it and then like you said not even being in the, the last movie which is like you just wasted it they could have could have redeemed her could have redeemed her easily yeah and I, I don't understand the casting choice honestly like I think they casted Gwendolyn Christie because of the name recognition but they mm-hmm. totally wasted her talent I mean and this time too was at the near the end of Game of Thrones or like right at the height of the popularity of it um, and so you would have had people I just putting her under a, a helmet. Yeah, <laughs> this doesn't make sense. Like you could have gotten any, any number of like women bodybuilders or wrestlers or somebody, um, in that part for probably way less money than Gwendolyn Christie commanded. You know, so <laughs> why? What? What's the point? And then like they hint at like you're gonna see her again, without the helmet on. Like there's a whole potential hook for her to come back as some kind of deranged whatever in the third one and it's just she's gone she's like the only person in star wars who ever actually died <laughs> <laughs> watch like 15 years from now there's going to be another a, another animated series with my my guy dave filoni and phasma's <laughs> gonna come back with like a darth maul style story like you thought you killed me in space <laughs> but it turns out <laughs> Just, just just hanging out in the unknown I was regions. Up by a, the last <laughs> Geonosian. <laughs> me and this bug flew around space and he rebuilt me and now I'm part bug. Like it's gonna be something like that. And it's gonna be incredible and I fifty yeah. year old me is gonna go wild for it. <laughs> but yeah, just the like missed opportunity. Yeah. With her. Yeah. And like no and, and like also knowing what Phasma's character was and like how good of an actor Gwendolyn Christie is yeah. like that sucks <laughs> that we didn't get to see see some of that yeah and with the Boba Fett thing I mentioned that was just based on kind of like in movie portrayal versus fandom manipulation yeah. I guess yeah and I yeah I've never been like, right when we were growing up there were people who were insane Boba Fett fans there still are there still, still are yeah it's ridiculous yeah, I was reading. There was a piece about Josh Trank that I read the other day where he his Star Wars movie was going to be a Boba Fett movie. Yeah, the uh, it was the Polygon piece. Yeah, yeah, it was a really interesting piece. Uh, I I don't know how you would do a Boba Fett movie. Like yeah. I don't know what story you tell there, and the story that you could tell of him realizing like like it would be cool to see old Boba Fett like realizing that he's a clone and. There's like a good like returning veteran story there and redemption story with him and they wouldn't do it. They would do something like uh what are those what are the action movies with all the old action guys? That's what they oh, would the do. Expendables. Expendables. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They would do Expendables. Like he'd go he'd go and find uh like Greedo's little brother <laughs> <laughs> and uh he finds IG88 like in a junkyard somewhere and Bosk is like a bouncer at a strip club <laughs> and and they go and do one last job. <laughs> and 
I'd watch be, it. It would be fun, um, I, but it would I'd be a, it. it would be a waste of of uh, Tamara Morrison's talent <laughs> as Boba Fett. And be cool to see him in that role too. But and and with Josh Trank though, like, <laughs> what what kind of what kind of Star Wars movie is Josh Trank gonna make? But that's a whole other discussion. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's 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 a lot. This is be <laughs> two and a half hours of Boba Fett being digested in the Sarlacc pit. <laughs> Just a a total body horror movie <laughs> for the true fans. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, you know. Um, speaking of First Order, Kylo Ren. Uh, this is also kind of like you know stealth, stealth uh, Kylo Ren arc too, kind of buried in here. What do you guys think? I mean, first of all, Ad, Adam Driver as Kylo Ren Ben Solo is great, mm-hmm. but kind of, kind of positioning him as like this. I mean, the, the character itself is almost you know positioned as a takeoff on on the whole Vader thing, literally. Mm-hmm. And then to move through Last Jedi and Rise of Skywalker in that fashion, you kind of get a twist on the redemption story, the redemption side of things that we hadn't seen in Star Wars before. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, they made him out to be such the big bad going into the, it, it seemed, you know, into the, the whole trilogy. Like, this guy was the big bad. This was this was the next Vader. Um, and I actually, I actually liked the fact that that wasn't the case. Although we can, we can talk about Snoke and Palpatine all we want that nonsense but um <laughs> mm-hmm. Ben Ben Solo like that that redemption arc like you said it it started off it started off weird for me cuz like like I said I expected him to be this big bad you know he looks so freaking cool with the goddamn uh, the lightsaber yep and you're you're like oh this guy is going to be like and he was he was a badass his character was a badass um and when when they had him kill, spoiler alert, uh, <laughs> if you haven't watched it yet, uh, when he when he kills Han Solo, that's like that's like the moment where I'm like, all right, this is this is real. This is this guy's got some issues, and that's what it really was. It was more uh, Kylo Ren working through his issues, which is, I mean, I, I can relate to that on on tenfold, and he does. I, I think by the time the the third movie comes out you know he does he does redeem himself but but it's a far it's a far turn from what i thought and expect uh that i thought was going to happen with him when the movies uh were first announced Mm -hmm. yeah i remember when the force awakens came out and people were talking about how his story was going to be like almost like a mulligan for how the prequels handled anakin's rise and fall um which i don't think is was really fair to either adam driver or hayden christensen or anybody else involved in the prequels um but it's hard not to see it again with that rhyming thing right um somebody has to uh be a bad guy and then um turn back towards the light and we're obsessed with the skywalker stuff um so it has to be that again and maybe there were people in disney who who didn't like um, how Anakin's fall was portrayed. Uh, it does feel like that story in Fast Forward. Um, and I think that 
they... I wonder if JJ couldn't see a way to redeem him without bringing Palpatine into it, which is really unfortunate. But I guess it lends to like the larger story of, of Palpatine just messing with this family for three generations, basically. Right. I didn't like Adam Driver at first, but I, I love him now. I think he's fantastic. It took a while to, for the character to grow on me. I like in all three movies how they, they do a really good job of showing him kind of like dark side Ben is really like really unbalanced. He, he goes from being really like incredibly angry to almost depressed. He's like manic depressive almost. He has no confidence in himself. Right. Snoke plays on that, that yeah. lack of confidence. The part where he's, he's smashing. I, I think it's when, when Ray escapes Right. And uh, he starts just wailing away on some council with his lightsaber. And like, and then it cuts to the stormtroopers walking down the hallway. And all the sparks <laughs> flying by. And then they turn around and, and go back. Like, we never got moments like that with Vader. Right. Um, all that, all of the anger stuff with Vader was put in retroactively. Right. Through the books and the comics and, and everything else. We never actually see vader being that uncontrollable like rage monster um that we know that like defines who that character is so i'm glad that they showed that with him to like to go to the redemption thing i'm glad they did it um i'm glad we got to see him even for even for however like what 10 minutes five minutes in the movie um we get we get just a hint of what uh white side ben could have been like because we never got that with Anakin, right? Like one of the one of the things that I I really wish they could have done with the original story somehow is to show. Um, there's like a great comic right where um, Vader is kind of daydreaming, <laughs> and he like it's right after he's put in the suit and he has this vision of himself like killing Palpatine and going. And like prostrating himself in front of Obi Wan and um, trying to make amends, and I think that would have been such a cool, like, alternative universe to see how that would play out. Mm. Um, but we never got, we never get to see like what redeemed Anakin looks like, and so we got to see a little bit here. Um, it's still something I wish Star Wars would do in a big story, somehow. And I almost, I almost wish that the last movie could have started with that, instead of just like. We know what's going to happen. <laughs> we think we're we're kind of on a rail towards like this inevitable conclusion, which is still pretty fulfilling, I guess. But I wish they would have taken more risks, I guess, with him. Yeah. So, so let's talk about Palpatine for a second. Does Force Awakens work better if Palpatine's out in the open at the beginning and you know, but the characters don't know, or do you have to go through the motions? of Snoke being a puppet if, if he even knows that he's a, a clone avatar for Palpatine or uh, I mean it's, it's going to be ham-fisted either way yeah. but does it work if Palpatine's you already know that Palpatine's manipulating and the characters don't know mm-hmm. so I don't think they could have gone back to that well because Ian McDermott did such a good job with it in the in the prequel trilogy. Yeah. I mean that's 
his performance across all three movies is like one of the redeeming parts of that that series. Yeah. Right? He he crushes it. And once he finally gets to be the emperor, he's having so much fun. <laughs> he's he's yeah. chewing up the scenery by the tonnage when he's when he's out there. So I don't think they could have done it again. Um it would have been I think it would have been better had they known that this was how it was going to end, which they clearly didn't know this is how it was going to end when it right. started. Like, if they did, then there would have been some kind of foreshadowing, right? I think that's why people were so frustrated with the tank full of Snokes, <laughs> right? This comes out of absolutely, like, out of nowhere, you know, yeah. there could have been something. Yeah, some... that shit happens in, like, the first five minutes. It's, like that, the, the beginning of Rise of Skywalker yeah. is so damn yeah. quick. Yeah, yeah. There's no, there's no allusion to the clone stuff. I was thinking about it when I was watching it again. Like, there, there are so many ways they could have put a bow on this whole saga. I don't think they even knew up until the marketing went into into motion for Episode Nine that they wanted to call this the Skywalker Saga. Right. I think they just were like, here we go. <laughs> Here's here's the rhyme that we had and let's let's do it. Um I mean the the whole thing should have like could have, I won't say should have, because there are a billion ways it it, it could have gone, but um having having like little hints that Palpatine's still around in the previous two movies would have been helpful. It would have been a good almost like Easter egg hunt for the diehard fans. Right, we're gonna go through and pull apart every piece of lore anyway. I think it would have worked much better, and in, instead of blindsiding people with it at the at the very beginning of the well, I guess with the trailer, right? Yeah. For number nine, I mean, you you, you revealed it right there. So if you're gonna spoil it in the trailer, then yeah, why? Yeah, not I was, just, yeah, you obviously don't kind of care at that moment. <laughs> why didn't you just find some way to? to go back to it in even with even like a post-credit scene after the force awakens with like here's some sketchy guy or here's hux even at camino <laughs> and, and like oh shit hux is with the giant long neck aliens again <laughs> <laughs> like that would have been even just like you know the the ship lands and it's raining Mm. And I guess that would call back to the Obi Wan Django Fett thing, and like I, that even would have been, I think, enough of a foreshadow for what they ended up doing. I don't think JJ planned that right, yeah. <laughs> at all. Clearly, Ryan Johnson um, didn't have that as his intention in, in The Last Jedi. So yeah, I think it would have. Like, I mean, screenwriting 101 would say there has to be some kind of foreshadow. You don't want to just insult your, well, I don't want to say insult the viewer's intelligence, but you don't want to blindside people with like a hard left turn like that. Right. Yeah. Oh, I literally was like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, this just, just be blunt. That's what I was like, wait a minute. What? Yeah. What, what are you telling me? And then to, uh, then to have it be that it, Palpatine is Ray's grandfather. Like, Oh come on! Like well, both, you get both things. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Did both things to me? <laughs> it rhymes. It yeah. has to rhyme. Yeah, it has to rhyme. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and I think I didn't mind that as much because I think as soon as I saw Last Jedi, I'm in there 
on IRC <laughs> yelling about clones and all the shit I, I'm thinking about they can do. So the, all the clone stuff and all that, like, I, it didn't bother me because I think I kind of turned over every possible story stone I could <laughs> to figure out what was what, what they could do. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's... I don't think it's a good idea. It, yeah. It's not something to me worth getting mad about. Right. Uh, because I think, like I said, the, the ship has sailed on uh, Star Wars being like genuinely cutting edge sci-fi. With the exception of like, I mean, in, in Filoni, we trust. <laughs> yes. <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, I, I just don't think Disney has it in them um, to do that. And so if you want like really good cutting edge sci-fi, there's tons of books you should look at <laughs> if you want really like groundbreaking stuff you're not you're not going to get that from star wars so that right. that they like yeah, guess what palpatine's behind it all <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and it's like a, it's like a little it's like my six-year-old making up a story kind of like and then let's pretend like she's a princess and they're all princesses and they're all related and it's like well fine this is cool it's star wars i still i know i'm still gonna get like the themes out of it that I want, if the delivery of it is ultimately not as thought out as it probably could be. Yeah. Um. Here's another one. Thematically, uh, is the Last Jedi a better ending for the saga than Rise of Skywalker? Absolutely. A hundred percent. Yep. Uh huh. Yeah. The last shot with with Broom Boy. Is is great, and there's so much potential there of like what's gonna happen next, and and again I was thinking about this after I watched Rise of Skywalker the other night, like there's no so Return of the Jedi has like like they all live happily ever after, and you don't get that moment with Rise of Skywalker, right? right? There's there's nothing like obviously Ray's not gonna live in the husk of the Skywalker house. (laughs) <laughs> forever um but when i saw it in the theater i thought that's how it ended but then watching it again i'm like why would why would she bring like why is bb8 there there's no reason for bb8 to be there yeah uh, I, I, I like, bb8 you like deserts right is <laughs> 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 there i guess maybe to mark to to i mean if there's ever another one of these and they're like surprise there's more skywalker stuff suckers come buy our stuff it's gonna be it's gonna start with like they finally captured BB-8. <laughs> and, well, see, he knows I was, the lightsabers are, and <laughs> I, I guess that's that, it. That, uh, that BB-8 just goes wherever the hell he wants. <laughs> like, <laughs> like that, that's his thing. Like, okay, like R2 talks all the shit. Uh, yep. 3PO just, just 3PO. Yeah. And, and BB-8 just does whatever the hell he wants. Yeah. That's a it's like okay, I'm hanging with Poe today. All right, no, 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 nope. Go with Ray. See what's up over here. Okay. <laughs> he was just he was just chilling on the Falcon, and then <laughs> Ray started up. He was like, oh well, I guess I'm going. <laughs> Where are we going, boss? <laughs> but yeah, thematically, yep. Especially with like what we know about you know the high republic and like that that trilogy i think and the other movies that they have in development and like every indication from disney that this is the end of this storyline then it should have ended with broom boy yeah. and not because the way that it ends with like 
telling Daisy Ridley to go kind of stand awkwardly on the horizon. And then that, that shot is so bad. Yeah. <laughs> she looks so unnatural standing there. Like, it just like, okay, well, what's next for Ray? Like, there's no yeah. government. Yeah. <laughs> <There's> no, <laughs> Finn might be a Jedi. We don't know. Yeah. Like, they didn't, they didn't close it up the way that they should have. And that's yeah. JJ. yeah Yeah, that that was definitely like that's what that's what you get from jj like it's lost all over again (laughs) honestly (laughs) damn it but lost is incredible lost is one of the best science fiction shows ever yeah maybe the best science fiction show ever and it's jj (laughs) you know this this is once you make peace with that's what you're going to get from jj abrams then (laughs) it's okay everything's fine if you start expecting like i said highbrow like award-winning science fiction from jj abrams unless he's got somebody there to edit him and he didn't right there's no damon lindelof there to try to rein in some of this tomfoolery from him (laughs) 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 shenanigans and and whatever else um he just i think he's a guy who has a lot of good ideas that needs to be edited yeah you know and, and like I said, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to bash these movies. I think these are probably the, these are the best looking, um, the best acted for sure, of of any of the trilogies. The special effects are incredible. The balance between uh, like green screen stuff and and CGI stuff. That's what I'm looking for. CGI stuff and practical effects. I think are really good. It certainly looks much better on the digital front than the prequel trilogy did. Um, but although that stuff still holds up. Except for the green screen stuff looks really like Windows 2000. Yeah. <laughs> um, but the the other the other VFX hold up really well in the prequels. Um, and I think like you know in 10 years when we watch this when we watch these again, um, it's gonna it'll it'll hold up great visually. And you can't say that about either of the other um, trilogies at all. Not at all. <laughs> so. Like I said, I think JJ just needs he needs another voice in the room, and I don't think that he got that. Okay. But yeah. I, this is all this is a hundred percent just conjecture. So yeah. Uh, so jump back to Last Jedi real quick. Mm-hmm. Uh, Luke Skywalker. Um, I've said it on podcast before. I'll say it again. I think that the portrayal of Luke is the. Uh, definitive portrayal of luke skywalker uh for the story they were telling mm-hmm. and absolutely the definitive one for our generation as fans and moviegoers but a big mm-hmm. question is do we get that portrayal if we got this trilogy at a later time uh characterization wise of course yeah i don't know i guess if they like if we're if it's the hypothesis that like what happens if these if this trilogy starts being made in 2020 or debuts in 2020 then would they still have had the guts to do what they did with Luke? I don't know. That's tough. Um, I I kind of want to say no if they're doing it with like ham-fisted intentionality of like Luke is going to be this old war hero, you know, coming back into battle. They probably would have done something like he doesn't move as well. They probably would have hit like some of the parts of Obi-Wan's story from episode four harder, right? Like he can't fight as well <laughs> and he's an old man and his back hurts. <laughs> right. And he, he's not getting respected by the, he's not getting the respect he thinks he deserves. 
Like they, they maybe they would have done something like that. Um, I love that he is the complete opposite of Ben Kenobi, and though as like an old man, yeah. you know, Obi Wan, uh, Obi Wan has uh, has some PTSD pretty clearly. Obi Wan has a lot of regret. Obi Wan is arguably loyal to a fault, <laughs> right? Obi Wan is hanging out on Tatooine with no plan. <laughs> He's been there. <laughs> for 20 years <laughs> hiding um i know we're gonna find out more about like what happens to him there we know that he he kills off maul um a little bit before everything goes goes wild uh whereas like old man luke is <laughs> is nothing like that and it's yeah. great he's not he doesn't even look like him, right? Like old Ben Kenobi is like kind of dignified for being this hermit. <laughs> old Luke <laughs> just does just not look, give a shit. <laughs> he looks so bad. And I love that that Force Ghost Luke also looks really bad. <laughs> that was the best part. That was the best part. I was like, like, wow, he looks like crap. Yeah. Cause like when Vader die when Anakin dies and he's old, but when he comes back as a Force Ghost, he's like young Anakin right yeah. so like you could you could be like alright well maybe like there's something about the force and like his spirit died when he was younger before he turned into the dark like you could find a way to kind of rationalize it right there's no way to rationalize Luke just being like a deadhead <laughs> <laughs> you know <laughs> like why is Jerry Garcia hanging out with Carrie Fisher <laughs> It doesn't make any why, sense. Why is Luke wearing Birkenstocks? Like, what's going on here? <laughs> yeah. Yep. And he's in like those dignified robes, and it doesn't make it just it just doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> it's so it's goofy, but it's Star Wars. Like it's supposed to be goofy. Yeah. You know, it's just stylistically, it's a funny choice, and I love that. Like, again, like Obi Wan is dignified and loyal, and like that's what makes him such a great tragic character, and Luke is the opposite of that and that makes him a great tragic character too but then just how they run with it is is funny like it's it's funny to see mark hamill have to like go through that range of emotions in such a short period of time and i think he crushes it i mean he's outstanding of course so good i mean just the the mouth on that man in <laughs> Last Jedi. Like Luke Skywalker, Luke Skywalker we grew up with was not talking shit to people like that. <laughs> Old man Luke is like Clint Eastwood. <laughs> everything exactly, he said is absolutely exactly. wrong. <laughs> like, wow, man. What happened to you? <laughs> but it's it's great. Um I'm just I'm just surprised like they they carry it. I wonder whose decision that was to be like, nope, Force Ghost Luke has to look like a hermit still. <laughs> like, why not look like just for men, Luke? Like he projected when he fought Ben. <laughs> you know. And I think oh, that whatever. that's that's one of the best things that Last Jedi does. It tells you, and throughout the whole movie, it tells you exactly what it's gonna do. Mm -hmm. It just goes about it in ways you don't expect. Yep. Uh -huh. Like Luke says, you know, what do you expect me to do? Walk out there and confront the Force Order all by myself with a laser sword? Yep. And what does he do? He projects himself across the galaxy <laughs> it. 
and you know not as you know old hermit luke that just yep. had has had like 800 bad days but <laughs> uh older return of jedi luke yeah that everybody thought he would be in the movie uh-huh and faces down everybody with the with the lightsaber yep. yep it's absolutely perfect yeah and i fell for that so hard too in the theater i was you like did. luke <laughs> I was like, got a haircut. <laughs> he, he dyed his hair. He hit the the elliptical a little bit, and he, he's gonna go fuck up his nephew. And then the lightsaber goes through him. I'm like, oh my god, what just happened? <laughs> Not already. I don't understand. And then nope. Cut to Luke sitting on his rock with his his headphones on, listening to some vinyl. <laughs> like an hour five of a fish jam. <laughs> like just. I'm just fucking with you, boy. Like, <laughs> man, you didn't, you didn't really think I was gonna. You didn't really think I was gonna shave for you, did you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no way. No way. Uh huh. <laughs> so good. Uh, so, so Last Jedi closes off all of its story beats, uh, heading into Rise of Skywalker. And the big argument for Rod Skywalker is that it undoes everything that The Last Jedi does. I, uh, of course, that's impossible because you need a time machine to do that. So what do you guys think as far as this? Because I, I still think that you need both movies as far as, you know, for whatever missteps Rod Skywalker takes. You still need both movies to get the whole story of the trilogy. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't I don't understand how it undoes anything. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Like I think the 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 only moment in the entire franchise where you could say that stuff is being undone is the midichlorian moment. <laughs> right. Like that's where that's where you could argue that like everything has now started to unravel. With this, I mean, just because they didn't follow through on Broom Boy, like doesn't mean they can't in the future just because yeah i I just i think there's a lot of really interesting questions that the last jedi left open for other people to explore and i really hope they do in the future somehow um but i can't fathom how this movie undid anything like i i both times i've seen it i never walked away like thinking that this was somehow a betrayal of what ryan johnson did um or anything like that i mean it's not it's not nearly as ambitious as as what ryan johnson did um but again that's jj (laughs) you know it's jj yeah uh i mean how do people think it betrayed it like how do they think it undid it the fun part of that is that nobody ever says (laughs) oh yeah well ask a stupid question i guess (laughs) what am i thinking like logic and reasoning and critical thinking skills from internet trolls uh you know yeah there's there's nothing there i mean it would have been it would have been cool to see dj get his comeuppance in the third movie yeah. you know it would have been cool to see phasma come back and get beat again like i was convinced that's what was going to happen like maybe bb8 blows her up with something even bigger <laughs> just does whatever it wants bb8 is now piloting the falcon or something <laughs> 
again, like missed opportunity, right? Yeah, I just, I, I think, you know, somebody said this online the other day about how, like, all George Lucas was doing was making his own version of Flash Gordon, right. and so people who are are mad or dissatisfied with what Star Wars has become under Disney should make their own version of Star Wars, and that's where I'm at <laughs> with it. I think, you know, there are there are two entertainment franchises in my life that have have provided me. 90% of my entertainment and Star Wars is one of those. I I love it unconditionally. <laughs> I think it's goofy as hell and contradictory in places. Uh I would love the opportunity to make my own version of Star Wars. Um I think that'd be so much fun. And I I hope that there are there are people who are mad about it, why whatever they're mad who take that that anger and that whatever feeling they're having and try to channel it into making like their own kind of space opera that the way like what they want to see you know because that's way that's more productive than just spending your time complaining on internet forums or on twitter as somebody who complains on twitter all the time it's a way better (laughs) use of your time to actually do something productive and if you're if you're if you really think that the last jedi had so much potential that was destroyed or undone by rise of skywalker then um, do something about it, you know. <laughs> <laughs> just that simple. It's just that simple. Yeah. yeah. I, mean, I tell my it. students that all the time. Like the amount of time you spend complaining about something, like if you if you spend half the time complaining, you know, working on the thing you're supposed to be working on, you'd be so much happier. So if you want Broom Boy, then go out there and write your Broom Boy spec script and, <laughs> and start pitching it around, or like write something that could be very easily turned into star wars and start shopping it around yeah. why not it's not like disney isn't looking for the like, young up-and-coming out of nowhere filmmakers i mean hell that's what i'm banking my career on <laughs> <laughs> I, I have my own like i have my own story outline kind of that could be it could be star wars it could be something completely different yeah I'm fine with it either way. If somebody buys it, I'm I'm cool, you know, because I will have I will have made like my own thing. Yeah. And I just I I just don't understand internet fans anymore. Yeah, it's really it's really weird. I think I get I think it goes back to the whole uh, this whole trilogy being a product of a time that that doesn't really appreciate it, you know. Just like because, you know, uh, every trilogy has gone through this. Yeah, I mean, but like you know. We were going to get an ending regardless. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and who knows what ending we would have gotten under different circumstances. Yeah. But for the one that we got, all things considered, it's pretty damn good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's it's absolutely the best that you could hope for. And it's funny that people, like, once this came out and people were like, George Lucas had his own his own thoughts on this. Well, like, number one, of course he did, you know. <laughs> Anybody who saw it, any filmmaker who saw it, had their thoughts on it. Nobody in Hollywood is going to watch it and be like, J.J. Abrams did everything I would have done. <laughs> <laughs> Unbelievable. Like, that's impossible. Um, but number two, when the prequel trilogy came out, people hated those movies. <laughs> and and we're, we're panning George Lucas for his decisions there. Right? Especially with Attack of the Clones. Attack of the Clones is such a goofy, dumb movie that <laughs> you can't you can't watch that movie and then be like George Lucas would have had 
Um, he would have been the best person to guide the sequel trilogy. Go watch Attack of the Clones. <laughs> and, and look me in the eye with a straight face and tell me that we're gonna we're gonna trust this to George Lucas again. He would have made great movies. They would have been incredibly flawed in, in their own ways. He would have he definitely would have gone to a water world of some type again. Yep. Would have gone yep. to another ice world. I mean George Lucas just likes to I mean, he's a he's a special effects guy first, which the sequel trilogy doesn't have like the setting stuff. Lucas just makes up planets to go try out new effects on, right? Like mean, that's what the the first two trilogies are driven by is like George Lucas wants to try out these these visual effects and we need the story to go towards the visual effects, right? Yeah. Like, I want to make an underwater species, so now we have to have uh, the Gungans, <laughs> right? I mean, that's why they're there. That's yeah. the only reason why they're there. The only reason they're on Hoth in Empire Strikes Back is that he wants to do a snow battle. <laughs> that's the only reason why. You're and not wrong. was in Cloud City because, you know, what, you know what looks really cool? artistically is like the concept of cloud city and it makes no sense that lando would be in cloud city <laughs> but, he's there. But, but he's there it makes absolutely no sense that that lando would have conned his way into somehow being in charge of this entire mining facility when he's a gambler it's, it doesn't make any sense at all and so to be like george lucas would have, he would have been the right creative vision for the sequel trilogy that is such revisionist history <laughs> that it just it it just shows like an uh an ignorance of like the trials and tribulations of this franchise over the last 40 plus years right and i i really think that and we've talked about this a bunch that in like five or ten years people are going to be everybody who hates the last jedi now is going to be like the last jedi was my favorite star wars movie ever made yeah like last jedi empire strikes back are like one and two because um, we've seen it with the with the prequel trilogy, right? Like I said, that was panned, and now there's this new generation of of people who were kids when that came out, who that was their first Star Wars, who love it in spite of its flaws, who probably think that giving Anthony Daniels a uh, license to write his own jokes in Attack of the Clones is a great idea. <laughs> it was so bad. It's so bad. <laughs> Anthony Daniels is not funny <laughs> at all. It's such a painful scene and i think now like with my kids um i mean my six-year-old loves ray and this is her star wars and yeah. she's gonna grow up and loving ray ray and ahsoka are her two favorites by far and so that's what star wars is to her and to like the guys who were in their 30s and 40s back in 1978 and like sorry boys <laughs> your it's turn's your over yep. it's a wrap <laughs> right like and i don't want i don't think that our opinions should be held as gospel either oh yeah definitely. our entire lives like i don't want my kids being like having their creative likes married to whatever i did whatever i exposed them to that's insanity yeah but i mean obviously there are lots of people who do that but whatever i don't know i think it's you know like i said in a few years People are going just like, you know, there's a thing on Twitter the other day about people being like secretly Age of Ultron is the best Avengers movie. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> like, like, what are you people talking it's about? Like, when that movie came out, they people hated, hated it that yes. movie so much. <laughs> yep. And now we're like, actually, Ultron's the best. 
Well, no. Ultron was rad from the beginning. Thank you yeah. for finally catching up with the rest of us. You can't <laughs> look at the MCU and be like, I'm looking for amazing highbrow science fiction. Because you're not going to get it. <laughs> because it's Disney-type MCU. It's not going to happen. You're going to get stories about friendship and family and <laughs> resilience, just like you are going to with Star Wars. And that's what we need. And that's what those movies are supposed to be. And, like, the good, you know, oh, my God, that's that's Spider-Man's music. <laughs> like, that's what you want out of MC. That's what you want out of Star Wars. Yeah. You know? It Everything else that you can add to it, you expand on, like, like what does the Force mean? And, and what are, like, these real character arcs about? And what do the characters say? Like, you can build on that on your own. Um, but the movies don't encourage it whatsoever it's the books and like the comics and Filoni and like that's where I mean like I, I told you the other night that I could I could envision a, a Star Wars fandom where it's only Clone Wars Rebels the Mandalorian and probably Resistance I haven't watched Resistance yet and and being completely content with that yeah <laughs> you know and and shifting toward like the movies are now kind of just supplementary and the Skywalker stuff is just this weird this weird family <laughs> has some problems <laughs> but here's the stuff that we can talk about like here's what people on the ground were like and this is what they were going through and I think that's one thing to get back to what we're supposed to be talking about um, one thing that's great about the sequel trilogy is that we finally do have that person who is just like an ordinary guy on the ground which is Finn Yeah. right Finn we finally have like I mean, Luke Skywalker is supposed to be the everyman, but obviously he's not, right? Nope. It's just, it's just like Dune, basically. Like he's he's the hero. Like in Harry Potter too, is supposed to, like you can't have the fish out of water, also be the legendary hero. Yeah. It's tough. So Finn, being like for at least a chunk of it, like ordinary guy, got caught up in this fascist machine, <laughs> regretting my career choices. This is not what my advisor said it was going to be like. And running away and running away and Destiny keeps, like, Finn's running along and Destiny kind of picks him up and just turns him 45 degrees and sends him running off in another direction and he can't get away from his fate and ends up being, you know, willing to die for the cause at the end of everything. Um, that's a really cool arc. And, it, and none of it really involves Finn being Force-sensitive. Like, Finn's Force-sensitivity is very similar to Leia's Force-sensitivity in the original trilogy, right? Somebody needed to be there to know that Ray died from a yeah. distance. He needed to know, you know, this is where the control tower is now. And like, he needed that kind of, uh, sixth sense, I guess. Um, but it, it, it was never like Finn walks out there and he's deflecting shots <laughs> and, and he brings down a, a star destroyer by himself or anything like that. Like that would have been absurd. Finn does everything like a normal guy, pushed to have to make really major sacrifices would do like that's represented exceptionally well and we don't get that in any of the other movies <sighs> <Next. laughs> uh and scene <laughs> i'm so excited to finally get to nerd out about this stuff because my family does not care at all <laughs> See, this is this is why i wanted to do this episode <laughs> yep <laughs> Um, let's see. Rise of Skywalker. One final thought. It's when Finn is talking with uh, 
Janna, I believe. Mm -hmm. The other defective stormtrooper. Now, if they all had the same moment, do you think that there's an epilogue in store where we kind of get the remnants of this defected First Order regime, all of them kind of picking up the pieces? I think that'd be really cool to see. I mean, that's what is so cool about Chuck Wendig's books, right? Um, That picks up, like, all of the details after Return of the Jedi, like, all of the all like the stuff that would really happen, <laughs> right? And then the last dying gas of the Empire. Um, I think that'd be really cool to see like how do these mass defections, how did that work? Um, are there other like pockets of former stormtroopers spread out through the galaxy? Like there, there must be. Um, how did the First Order, or I guess how did Palpatine handle these continued mutinies? Right, because if it really is him behind everything, and I guess now we have to say that it was him behind everything for however many years, and he's been experiencing this for 60 years now, uh, how does he react? Does he even care? Like, I think that would be interesting to see. I mean, there's there's questions that are are unanswered still by this, right? Yeah. You know, the, they talked a lot about um, the... Uh, the dark regions or whatever like that's that was just kind of left <laughs> left hanging out there um so i think there are there are still lots of really good stories to tell in this timeline without invoking the skywalker stuff at all yeah and i was thinking about it like how how could they do that without bringing in ray and finn and i think the best way would be to like treat it like a video game Right. Like maybe they get someplace and Ray just left. <laughs> right. Or like they have she has like a two second cameo, but then people will go berserk and be furious about that. Yeah. Um wow. but like there's something there's something there, right? Even just like with the Mandalorian, right? Where we know the setting, we know that we know what's going on, we see these stormtroopers, uh the Empire's over, but Clearly, the Empire is not over because Werner Herzog's there. <laughs> and, and the stormtroopers look all busted up, and their their uh, their armor is gross and dingy. Like that was great. Um, so I think you could definitely see stuff like that. Um, it would have been cool if, if they didn't kill off Hux, but he had to die. I'm sorry, Uggs. It's like a a version of it where like Palpatine's dead and and Ben Solo is dead and now this like this weenie <laughs> is in charge of everything like evil Michael Scott is in charge of stuff <laughs> 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 it would be it would be it would be satisfying it would be like good wish fulfillment too i think for 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 people watching it you know Huck says this like incompetent uh, villain who's getting bested at every turn, almost like Doctor Evil. <laughs> <laughs> it would be, it would be entertaining, you know. I just remembered like the shot from Doctor Horrible, where Captain Hammer has Doctor Horrible up and he's just like punching him in the face over and over again. <laughs> like a shot of that, and with Hux just like Chewie's got him up by the throat and is just like hitting him over and over again. <laughs> you could do three movies out of that for sure, and people would love it. <laughs> 
And even if it's a musical. Yeah, sure. <laughs> it definitely have to be a musical. Yeah. <laughs> yep. All right, Carlos, any any uh, Razzgabber thoughts before we get put on the spot? No, I'm ready to get put on the spot. I'm ready to be put on the spot. All right, so you know what that means since you're ready. Uh, we have our first guest for On the Spot. Now, On the Spot is ooh, when ooh, ooh, Podcast ooh. for Stars Mark Warren puts us on the spot. And this is a theme question. And uh, each one of us gets to pick an error from the Skywalker saga so that all three are covered so nobody doubles up. And pitch an existing or new story uh, that you'd like to see either as a feature or a series. As a b -b -b bonus, feel free to pitch a new story idea or genre that you'd like to see done in the Star Wars universe. I get to go first because uh, Lois went first last time. So I will put myself on the block first because it's also my show. <laughs> I already know what your answer is. This is yeah, you, you, of course you do. <laughs> I have talked about it as soon as I saw Rise of Skywalker. <laughs> Give me my Star Wars horror. <laughs> oh, that's not what I thought you were going to say, but okay. Oh, okay. Um, put it in the, the, the unknown regions uh, near Exegol or around there uh, d during the sequel trilogy time. And just have it... Uh, be a, a tale of Star Wars cosmic horror as these people realize that they're pretty much in a bad spot dealing with all this Sith shenanigans and, and the Emperor lurking and these random ass ships <laughs> underneath the water and uh, just all every men or every people everyday peoples and aliens and whatnot, trying to figure out exactly what the hell is wrong with this joint and then as a bonus Raiders of the Lost Ark, but it's Vader's castle, <laughs> and it's haunted. Because, yes, yeah. Okay, wow. All right. <laughs> I gotta uh, stay on brand. I'm sorry. <laughs> so, so you took that era. So you took. I took the, the sequel trilogy. Yes, the sequel trilogy. Um, and do you know which one you would like to take? I don't. I don't. Which, I what think. you think I was gonna say? I thought you were gonna say uh, like some kind of crime show. Oh yeah, yeah, I've been pushing for that one too. Yeah, that's but what I thought, I thought was... you were going with, like the some kind of bounty hunter, uh, either in the sequel trilogy. Like, what does that look like there? Or we don't really see much of them in the original trilogy either. I mean, I guess we we see we know of them, but like not to the extent that there's that lore for the prequels. So something there would have been fun, but I'm not gonna copy your idea. <laughs> it's an easy way out now. <laughs> it was a great idea for a crime show. It's like, wait a second. Law and Order Coruscant. <laughs> mm, man. And I've had all day to think about this. I wasn't put on the spot too. too. <laughs> Mark's got I, a lot of dead air to edit out. <laughs> hey, man, that's that's why we have the, the podcast producer to the stars on, on this. <laughs> I can see a a buddy cop show with uh, Qui Gon Jinn and Mace Window. <laughs> That'd be awesome. Okay, so I get the original trilogy. So yeah. I have to go to my boy Anakin. So it's been—I mean, it's, it's something that's been alluded to in in some of the stuff. I mean, it was at the end of the Clone Wars, and there's some comic stuff in there. I I would like to see something with Anakin like piecing stuff together 
Like, it would be interesting to see to see things from his perspective more. Mm -hmm. We don't. We we rarely get that insight. Like, there's a great a great panel in one of the comics where he hires Boba Fett to figure out who blew up the Death Star. Like, what's the name of the pilot? And Boba Fett comes and tells him it's Luke Skywalker, and he's like, "You can go." And then the next panel is he's in like his in some room and some in some ship somewhere and he has cracked the glass like this massive window looking out into space and he's so mad that he's like shattering the glass like it would be really i i'm such an anakin fan like i i would love to see more of of vader being like this wretched kind of pathetic mess <laughs> and and seeing like how does how did he because it's such a tragic story, right? Like he was so almost invincible and he had this, all of this love in his life from Padme to, to Obi-Wan to Ahsoka. Um, and it's all taken from him. Um, and I guess from with Palpatine too. And Palpatine screwed him over and he has so much guilt and he can't get out of that. And even just like what we saw at the end of the Clone Wars, he picks up Ahsoka's lightsaber. Um, He's he's still carrying this flame for for his his family. I think it would be really interesting to see from his perspective, like how does he how did he piece it together? I I know that is kind of like a cheap answer. It's not anything new. But so much of that that original series has been mined so much. What else can I like whip together on the spot? I got nothing. <laughs> I got nothing. I mean, I, the other answer would be like, I would love to hear more about, I'd love to see more about what Obi-Wan Kenobi did because I, I think his story is really great too, but like, we're going to get that already. So I guess another thing I could say would be, like, it would be interesting to see like a Deep Space Nine kind of of setting. Um, Deep Space, DS9 is my favorite Star Trek story ever because it is set in one place. So having something similar in Star Wars, where it's just one setting and the characters are in one setting over time, that would be interesting to see. Mm. Obviously not the Death Star. <laughs> um, I mean, that would be that would be a funny ending, I guess. <laughs> you wanted to do like an absurd comedy of like these dopey stormtroopers working on the Death Star, and like the last episode is somebody's like retirement party. <laughs> 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 yeah. Uh that would be funny. Stormtroopers, yeah. Stormtrooper three days from retirement. <laughs> Riggs! 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 Danny Glover in the Stormtrooper armor. <laughs> <Pretty good. laughs> I can see it. I can see it. Oh, yeah. That neck crack before we pull up the rifle and still miss a shot. Yeah, that'd be good. <laughs> the costume department would have to make armor that like makes him look fatter. <laughs> he comes in like the only stormtrooper with a big beer gut. <laughs> um, leave the weapon horns as he walks in. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there's so much you could do. Um, but just like picking a, a place that is. Um, experiencing the war uh, and sticking in that setting I think would be neat um, whether it's I mean they kind of hint with it with Lothal in Rebels um, 
we didn't really see much of like what's happening on Coruscant. So maybe that's where I, I would land. Like we see a lot of Coruscant during the prequel trilogy, but it's it's totally not present at all after the uh, the revised ending of Return of the Jedi, where we see stuff happening there. And it's in, it comes up in Wendig's books, in Chuck Wendig's books a little bit. Um, so something with Coruscant, like during the Empire um, and, and like ordinary people finding ways to resist and like dealing with that. I think that would be interesting to see. Finding a way to make that upbeat would be tough though. So maybe like Coruscant immediately after, or like maybe like an anthology, like Coruscant stories or something mm. could be, could be pretty cool. But I mean, Anakin is my favorite, my favorite character of all time of anything. So of course I got to say like, give me some more Vader doing stuff. <laughs> Vader, Vader being like sad dad. I can't get enough of it. Sad dad. <laughs> sad dad. Like, I missed yep. so many softball games. I should have been at Leia's spelling bee. <laughs> Luke failed out of the spelling bee in the first round because he's an idiot. <laughs> and it's like Luke spelled cat with a K. <laughs> oh, God. It's the combat spelling. That's, what, um. that's, all, that's where I would go. Like, I want, I want more of that. And, like, alternative versions of stuff too like star wars never did anything with like a wormhole opened up and like alternate universe wedge came out and like you gotta come help us <laughs> like i think there's i mean i get why they wouldn't do that because that's such a rabbit hole right and kind of like uh i don't want to say a cheap storytelling like a tv storytelling technique but it a little bit is you know yeah we a two-parter you know, uh, Colin Meany is tired of playing O'Brien this way, and he wants to play Badass O'Brien, so we need to do <laughs> two episodes of Badass O'Brien, or he might not resign. <laughs> you know? Oh, boy. <laughs> I'm bringing as many references tonight as I possibly can. Yeah. I want Mark to have so much trouble figuring out which gift to pick. <laughs> oh, fantastic. I mean, that would be, but it would be fun, though, right? Yeah. Like, because there, there is really cool stuff that some of the, uh, the more, uh, I guess, adventurous types of, of media have done with the franchise that the movies just aren't capable of doing. That I think is really, would be really interesting to see, like, like to have the opportunity to do more of that. And like, uh, uh, redeemed Anakin, or even like Force Ghost Anakin. Like that was something I was really hoping was going to happen in Rise of Skywalker that we were going to get Force Ghost Anakin. Yeah. But I think I think the fandom did Hayden Christensen dirty. Oh <laughs> yeah, definitely. And you know, like I remember talking with you about it. Like, what if Anakin is like a wraith? <laughs> yep. <laughs> he's like part like normal, but he's still carrying like all this guilt. And is there a Force purgatory? And like that could have been such a cool thing. So finding finding some way to do to do that like what is what is force ghost anakin doing like we know he's around and paying attention to stuff he has i think the most dialogue in ray's jedi scene at the end of rise of skywalker either him or yoda or luke but he's up there he gets way more dialogue than i thought he did yeah on first viewing so he's around so i just want to know like what's going on with force ghost anakin <laughs> <laughs> call up let's find out <laughs> <laughs> like is he like like creeping around his kids and like but he's like afraid to talk to them i don't know like but there's like there would be cool moments with yeah. that 
there's there's one of the books I couldn't I, I never ended up finishing I got distracted but there's a scene I think it's in Bloodlines where Leia is she's she's a little bit older the Republic hasn't started the New Republic hasn't started to collapse yet and she goes into one of her her political rivals offices and he has all of this old Empire shit <laughs> in his like decorating his office and it's very clearly like what would it be like if you went into room and and this politician had like a swastika up like that's how it's written and mm -hmm. Leia's like what the fuck are you doing with this with this empire stuff up here like that would be a really cool moment for like force ghost anakin's like oh boy here we go again can i force choke somebody from <laughs> <laughs> like that like i think they're again like star wars is there's so much missed opportunity there but why sit around and complain about it when you could just write it yourself yeah so yeah and i think that that's like the main reason i wanted to do this show just to enjoy the possibilities of what star wars can be and what it's you know what we see in it rather than be down the dumps and try and tear yeah. it down oh yeah and, and we have to talk about then like all the cool stuff they do with the force in yeah. the sequel trilogy i think we we'd be betraying the trilogy if we didn't mention that at least briefly yeah you know the leia flying in space was rad <laughs> the the stuff with um ray and ben being connected yeah. was great that that moment at the end where he like takes the lightsaber <laughs> is so cool it's uh, one of the best payoffs definitely yep oh yeah they did some really great stuff with with flexing on that and, and figuring out more of that because the, the prequel trilogy didn't really do that at all i mean they could jump and they had like super speed now <laughs> yeah that was, that was about it yeah. uh and the original like obviously it's just this very vague kind of thing right luke can kind of lift the x-wing up and we get the payoff on that too yep Force goes Luke, so proud of himself. Like, I finally did it, motherfuckers. I finally got this ship up. <laughs> just fool you. The, the Forgs have seen him do it like a hundred times and they're tired of it. <laughs> I got a, a, a human to see it, a sentient being to see him do it. Um, oh no, there's like those, those weird aliens there too. So they're tired of seeing him do it. Um, yeah, I mean, it, I mean that's a good example too, right? Of like, there's so much potential there with the concept of the Force that they don't explore as much in the movies as they could, and I think this trilogy did that much better than than either of the other two, um, and that like opened up so much potential stuff moving forward. Um, it's like the only the only kind of superpower that has this like spiritual connection to it, I guess outside of like Doctor Strange kind of stuff. Um, but it's not obviously Doctor Strange kind of stuff. So I, I don't know. I think they, they deserve a lot of credit. JJ deserves a lot of credit and Ryan Johnson deserves a lot of credit for the risks they took with that. Definitely. Yep. Um, yeah, the four stuff. The great part was when people would complain and then uh, Ryan Johnson, I, I, I don't know if you remember, but on Twitter, he... Uh, he did a little video where he went to his bookshelf and he pulled down one of the uh, one of the lore books and he paged through. Yep. <laughs> and he said, it was like, oh, look at this. And it's exactly what was in the movie that they were complaining about. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And that's why I think, like, 
I, I don't know. I know that there is a lot of evidence that showed the pushback to the last Jedi was manufactured and yeah. that like X percentage of the Twitter trolls were Russian bots and and it was some weird cultural thing that <laughs> this disinformation campaign got launched around. But I remember people complaining about the Holdo thing and then rewatching Clone Wars and like the third episode <laughs> of the Clone Wars, they do the same thing. And and it's Anakin's idea. <laughs> like, well, you nerds. <laughs> be better nerds. Yeah, be better nerds. BBN. Be better nerds. Maybe that's the title of the spin-off podcast of just positive sci-fi stuff. Maybe that's what we call it. Be better nerds. Hey, I'm down if, if, it, if it happens. It's definitely up my alley. Oh, man. This is great. I'm really glad we got to do this. Yeah. I'm glad I have an outlet for this. <laughs> yeah, it's it's Star Wars has brought me so much joy in my life. Um and getting to talk about it and like I, I love it, you know. Yeah. I remember I remember when I was a kid when I guess when we were kids, HBO had some kind of documentary about the making of Return of the Jedi that was just so good. Like seeing seeing how they did the um like the puppet work um for everything in the minis and the green screen for the the speeder chase um with luke and leia and just like seeing seeing jabba from the inside with the puppeteers was so cool um and i've loved it ever since i got to see that so and to be able to like gush about it <laughs> with you guys is is great i could do this all day <laughs> <laughs> well i'll tell you what um, when it's Mandalorian time for season two, do us a favor. If you have the time, uh, if you want to come back, we can talk about season one and wherever you think season two is going. Please do. Cause okay. we would love to have you on. Yeah. I'm happy to. All right. Good. Word. to hear. We're going to wind things down. So where can they find you on the red hot Twitter machine? All the things you do, all the cool stuff, all the, all the things I do. Uh, you can follow my personal account on Twitter at HeyDrWill. That's H-E-Y-D-R-W-I-L. Uh, I have a podcast called, I have two podcasts, uh, Untenured Tracks and Strength Check. Um, both kind of, I guess they're kind of similar now, um, education types of shows. And a new venture, um, brand new as of 10 days ago or so, uh, CrimCon. Um, we're trying to put together a virtual um, academic conference so you can follow that at crimcon.org on twitter um i got a lot going on <laughs> the star wars takes precedence <laughs> star wars comes first that's right yep. star wars comes first for now we gotta go so with that uh this has been another episode of it's some damage a lot of the podcast if you enjoyed the show you can leave us a voicemail at 443-906-0040 if we read it on your air your first part of the Inch Mob, as always, producer, uh, podcast producer for stars, Mark Warren has been responsible for making us sound oh so spectacular. So thank you for all that you do, Mark. Uh, Mark and once again, around forty-five minutes and said, <laughs> "This is tight." <laughs> <laughs> once again, thank you, Andy, for being on. You're fantastic. Until next time, everyone, please have fun, watch horror movies, enjoy your Star Wars, play some damn video games, stay safe, and hydrate, 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 hydrate. Thank you for listening, and goodbye. Bye.
So I would, if there ever is one, I would love to appear on the show sometime. Okay, we'll try for that. Um, actually, well, but uh, yeah. So beep. what am I saying? Beep. Beep. <laughs> beep. I went into a robot. Well, actually, haka, hawa, haki, hapu. A bing, a bung, a boo, ba ba. A bing, a bing, a Guys, if this is your first episode listening to the show, I apologize. And if this is your last episode listening to the show, I don't blame you. I understand.